Hey listeners, this quick episode is dedicated to a couple updates that took place during season one. These two individuals remain missing for years, one of them for decades. So today, I want to share with you how they found Jerome Morris and Robert Hoagland. First, I want to start with Hoover Morris from episode one, who went by his middle name, Jerome. Jerome was 18 years old when he disappeared from Heflin, Alabama. For more than 30 years, his family wondered what happened to him on November 22, 1991. Just a little recap, Jerome was last seen leaving his mother's home on Thomas Street with a woman in a red car. His sister Nicole was interviewed after he disappeared and said that their mother had warned Jerome to stay away from this woman. But when Jerome told her that his brother had sent her to pick him up, his mother let him leave with her. This was the last time anyone ever saw Jerome. When Jerome's brother arrived home and his mother asked him where Jerome was, he told her that he had never sent anyone to pick up Jerome that day. He was reported missing, and the case quickly went cold. In the summer of 1997, a landowner was getting ready to build a home on his property off County Road 533 when he found what he thought was a set of human remains. Police were contacted and immediately came to the scene where they collected evidence. The Heflin police captain at the time was named Scott Bonner and he stated that they attempted to do DNA testing, but the results came back inconclusive due to the amount of time the remains had been exposed to the elements. These remains were labeled as a John Doe, and the case went cold. Jerome's story was featured on Dateline in 2016. There are conflicting accounts from multiple sources, some stating his case was reopened as a missing persons case in 2016 and others stated that when Ross McLawn became the Heflin police chief, he reopened Jerome's case in 2020. He had met with Jerome's mother and sister several times, and he knew the case needed fresh eyes. This led to the reopening of the John Doe case as well. These remains were sent to the Alabama Department of Forensic Sciences, who prepared them for analysis by a lab at Lakehead University in Canada. It was announced in April of 2022 that the remains were positively identified as being Jerome Morris. Captain Bonner is the one who made the announcement to the media, and he stated, quote, This has been a rough case for us as well as the family. I can't imagine what they went through the past 30-plus years of not knowing where their loved one was. Now we can actually work this as a homicide instead of a missing person. Anytime we can give the family closure, I'm hoping they can get some kind of peace from this, end quote. When asked for more details about the case, Bonner explained that because the investigation was still ongoing, he couldn't comment on the state of Jerome's remains. Quote, without compromising the integrity of the case, 
I can't say how he died, but no doubt it was a homicide, end quote. There were multiple agencies that helped in this investigation, including the Claiborne County Sheriff's Office, the Claiborne County Coroner's Office, and the Mobile County Sheriff's Office's cold case unit, who contributed one of their genealogists to help. ABC 3340 News reported that police said they had evidence and potential witnesses in the case. Captain Bonner stated, quote, We spoke to numerous people about this case throughout the year we have been working on it. We're still developing leads. We know there's more people that know information out there, and we're hoping by doing this, it will encourage them to come forward, end quote. Police also revealed that they have a motive in mind and that Jerome was most likely killed by someone he knew. Quote, Now we are putting witness statements together and putting timelines together and trying to further our case. End quote. Chief McLawn went on to state, quote, I want them and the whole family to know that they're in our thoughts and prayers, and while we have given them some answers up to this point, the investigation is still ongoing, and we hope to have more answers for them, end quote. Jerome's sister Nicole told WBRC News that she never expected that he would be found in her lifetime, and that even though the search for him is over, nothing will be able to take away the incredible memories they made while they were young. She went on to say that the family is working to pick up the pieces and remember Jerome for who he was. Quote, I know that he's proud of us for not giving up searching for him, end quote. If you have any information regarding the murder of Jerome Morris, please contact the Heflin Police Department at 256-463-2292. The second update is about Robert Hoagland from Episode 7. Robert's case always baffled me. And I even mentioned in the episode that I wasn't convinced foul play was involved. I truly believed that Robert had possibly decided to walk away from his life on purpose. Robert Hoagland was last seen by his son mowing his yard on July 28, 2013 in Newtown, Connecticut when he was 50 years old. His son left in his mother's car and this was the last time anyone in his family would ever see Robert. It was reported that the lawnmower had been put back in its normal spot and his dirty clothing was in the washer. His wife had been on a trip with her friends out of the country, and when he didn't show up at the airport to pick her up like he promised, she went home to find that he was not there, but his wallet, passport, cell phone, medications, and car keys were. His wife and three sons were certain that he would never leave his family willingly, but there was no evidence of foul play. There were quite a few weird details about the days leading up to Robert disappearing, so if you haven't listened to episode 7 or you need a refresher, go check out that episode and then come back here. A few details that made me believe he had possibly chosen to walk away from his life were the fact that he had been seen on camera at a gas station on Churchill Road in Newtown that morning buying a map of the eastern United States. He had also withdrawn $600 in cash that was never accounted for. I stated in the episode that $600 is around the amount he would need to buy a new identity. And buying a map and then disappearing is also quite a coincidence. 
Police followed multiple leads and sightings that were reported in Robert's case, but ultimately nothing ever came from these leads. Almost a decade went by and no trace of Robert was ever found. And then, on Wednesday, December 7th, 2022, the Newtown Police Department announced that Robert Hoagland was found deceased by his roommate David in their Rock Hill, New York residence. Robert had been living under the name Richard King, and him and David had been living together since Robert Hoagland had disappeared. David stated Richard King was like a brother to him, and the two had initially bonded because they were both leaving marriages when they had moved in together. When David didn't hear from Richard all day on Monday, December 5, 2022, he drove home and opened his bedroom door to find him laying in bed, eye mask still on, not breathing. David called 911 and began CPR, but, quote, he had already been gone, end quote. EMS and law enforcement arrived on the scene and determined there were no signs of foul play. But they did find something else. Mail that was addressed to a man named Robert Hoagland. David told detectives that Richard had told him he would be receiving some mail with a different name on it, but he never explained why. When they searched the name Robert Hoagland, the man in the pictures looked identical to the Richard King that was laying in the bed. The Sullivan County Police then contacted the Newtown PD and told them they thought they had found their missing person. Newtown Police detectives then met with representatives from the Sullivan County Sheriff's Department, and they confirmed the man they had found was Robert Hoagland from Newtown, Connecticut. His remains were taken to the Sullivan County Coroner for an autopsy, and the coroner determined there were no signs of foul play. However, I couldn't find any follow-up that said exactly what his cause of death was. His son, Christopher Hoagland, told NBC News that the family is still processing this news and has no idea why his father would walk away from his life without saying anything and change his name. Quote, it's pretty confusing. We're trying to handle this right now, to be honest. We haven't really figured out any details. End quote. Before I end this update episode, I also want to let everyone know that there has been a docu-series released on Hulu about the case of Morgan Nick that I covered in episode 4. The series is called Still Missing Morgan, and although Morgan has still not been found, it's great to see fresh eyes and attention being given to her case. The series includes interviews with her family as well as detectives on the case, so be sure to head over to Hulu and check it out. Even though this isn't the outcome we hope for in these types of cases, at least these families can finally have some answers and try to move forward. <laughs> 